Welcome to the Westminster Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Today's sermon is taken from Psalm 126 and is titled, Praise for Blessing and a Prayer for the Future. This psalm really comes to us as we've been considering, and it's the time of our Harvest Thanksgiving service. It's a little strange Uh, being a Londoner and growing up in London, uh, to think of a harvest because we don't have very many fields here. But in many ways, we walk into our supermarkets and we we find a great plethora of food for us to enjoy, and we must be thankful to the Lord for that. But in Psalm 126, and as you'll see as we move through this psalm, especially at the end, there is an illustration drawn with regard to bearing precious seed. And I hope to come to that, this encouraging uh, matter of bearing precious seed for the Lord. However, this psalm really can be divided into two parts. The first part looks at what has happened in the past, uh, verse 1, 2, and uh, 3, where it's looking at the Lord's past blessing, how the Lord had blessed them and encouraged them. And then from verse 4 to the end of the psalm, it's beginning to look forward. It's looking in the future and what, what was going on around them then and praying to the Lord for uh, strength and blessing uh, likewise. And so that's really how I would divide up this psalm for you uh, this morning. In many ways, it's a case, if I were to give this uh, message a title, it would be looking at past blessings from the Lord and drawing strength as we head towards the future. At the very outset of this psalm, it's given this title, A Song of Degrees. Well, what do we learn from the title to this psalm? You'll also find in other uh, renderings a song of ascent, and the sense is that this was one of those psalms as the pilgrim is going up to Jerusalem, maybe to celebrate one of the feasts, maybe the Feast of Weeks or or some other feast. This would be sung as they're heading up towards the feast with expectation and maybe great joy in their heart. And as they head up, they're reminding themselves of the Lord's blessing and greatly looking to the Lord for the future. And so maybe as we this morning, we come in a small way to thank the Lord for his provision, we would do well to align our hearts with this particular psalm. In this particular psalm, we see the, the effect, first of all, of the Lord's restoration in his people. He fills them with joy and praise. Look at verse 1. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Now, it's of course referring here to some form of restoration. Some commentators feel very strongly about which particular captivity this refers to, whether it's uh, the return of the children of Israel from Babylon or or some other sense. It's the idea of being returned from captivity, being in slavery of some sort, and now being returned to the city of the Lord, uh, where uh, they could worship the Lord once again. And it was so wonderful for them, it was like a, a fantastic dream. It was something that encouraged them so much. It was like a dream. It filled their soul with joy. Now, if I might take that very same point 
And we think of it now in, in what we read in the New Testament. Many of us haven't been uh, released from uh, physical slavery. But in many ways, the believer has been released from the captivity of sin. From the captivity of serving a sin. And one of the great things that we read, I often love the opening of Paul's letters. He, he, he brings out such wonderful truths, how he's praising the Lord for his grace towards us. He's praising the Lord for all of his many blessings that he has rendered to us. And in many ways, when we think about it, when the believer reflects on all the blessings that we have in Christ Jesus, in many ways, it is like a dream. It is so wonderful. It is so glorious. Let me take that theme a little more for a moment. Someone who does not repent of their sin and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ is in a state of wrath. They are against God. And that is the natural condition of each and every person without Christ. We are in that state against the Lord. And without Christ, we have no hope. But for the believer, who by the grace of God uh, has been brought to know Christ by faith, the believer has been taken from that condemnation and is now made right before the sight of Almighty God. Because on that cross at Calvary, the Lord Jesus Christ died to atone for his people's sin. That he there might die, that they might be reconciled to God. And in many ways, he'll break their captivity. So, as the psalmist sings of a return from physical captivity, the believer here, as we read verse 1, can rejoice in that captivity that we've been delivered from, from sin. It's like a dream. It's like a dream for us because we've been redeemed, we've been saved from our sins, but it doesn't just stop there, does it? We have communion with God. Each and every day we come in prayer before the Lord. We can study His Word. We have anticipation for eternity. We have a sure and certain hope that one day we will be with the Lord Jesus Christ forevermore. It is wonderful, is it not? It is glorious. It is like a wonderful and glorious dream to us. And then, once again, the writer here Reflects, then was our mouth filled with laughter, verse 2, and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord have done great things for them. They remember this time, that the Lord has brought them back, seemingly impossible circumstances, yet the Lord has brought them through it. And they were singing, they were praising the Lord. And there was a great witness to those who denied the Lord that the Lord had blessed them. And the Lord had done great things for them. And so uh, they are overflowing with thankfulness to the Lord. Dear friend, uh, dear believer, when we were saved and redeemed, often uh, a new Christian is filled with great joy and great urgency for the Lord, aren't they? They, they have a great love for the Lord. And then slowly it can be, uh, it can be frittered away. Sometimes they become more wise, and that's good, and that's right. They have a zeal according to knowledge. But it can also be because they, be, they become discouraged. They forget, or maybe are not as acutely aware of the great blessings they have in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And when we're in that state, when we're in that condition, we would do well to remind ourselves of what we read here in Psalm 126. He is remembering the blessings of the past. He's remembering all uh, that the Lord has given to them. They turned their distress and despair into joy. Remember uh, the past blessings of the Lord, uh, that it might encourage you, that it might strengthen you in uh, your Christian walk. In verse 3, he says, The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. This should be something on the lips of each and every true believer, shouldn't it? The Lord's done great things for us. He saved us to start with. He's done a great and immense thing for us. To save an undeserving sinner is a great and glorious thing. What a blessing. What a joy that is for our soul. He has done great things for us. He's given us grace sufficient for each and every trial we read in the Word of God. He will, uh, when we face difficulty, make a way that we'll be able to bear it. I often think of that verse, and I've uh, discussed it in the past with my father. The Lord, with the way of temptation or the way of trial, will with it make a way that we'll be able to escape. It doesn't say that. It says that we'll be able to bear it. And so in your Christian walk, you may know difficulties in health, struggles in your life, but the Lord is with you and will sustain and help you. Remember the Lord hath done great things for us. To think that the Lord God who created this whole world, the God of history, throughout the Old Testament, greatly uh, preserved a people through whom he was going to send his Messiah, who he was going to send one who would redeem. And that person came and died on that cross. That if you know him here this morning, he died to redeem you, each and every one of his believers. He died that we might be reconciled to God. This is a great thing. The scriptures put it like this, don't they? For a righteous man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners. This is a great thing. It should make us glad. It should make us want to rejoice in the Lord God, our Savior. And then point two here. We then move. He then moves from this reflection of past blessing. And he begins to consider a future Blessing. They're not in that same state, it would seem apparent, of joy in the Lord. We read in verse 4, Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Now let me just break that down. There are two sections here. We see the past blessing of the Lord and the psalmist here prays for the Lord to do the same to his people once again. That the Lord would bless them once again. And we're given two illustrations. The first relates to uh, streams in the south or in the desert. And the second relates to seed and uh, bearing fruit. The first then. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as streams in the south. Now this is a very interesting. It is likely to be the arid area of the Negev in that particular part of the world. 
and there would be long periods of the year where that area of land uh, is sort of dry. It's dry, it's like a desert, and it's very barren, and there aren't many plants there or anything for a long period of time. And then the rains come, and the rain fills them. And quite remarkably, there's, uh, there's this restoration of, of plant life and so on, and things begin to grow quite rapidly and quite swiftly. And the psalmist here has that in view as he's praying to the Lord. They're going through a period that for them was like they're in a desert. But they're, they're knowing the Lord can send those rains. And it will be like the streams in the south part of the country. That as soon as they begin to well up, plant life and uh, spiritual life and blessing from the Lord returns once again. That's what they're praying for. They're praying for this wonderful picture of heavenly renewal. And in many ways, as I look maybe at the UK, maybe in other parts of the world too, it would feel as if we're in the midst of the Negev. It would seem as if it's a desert. And yet the Lord can send the rain once again. We should be praying to the Lord to bless the faithful churches that are laboring in this land that the Lord would build up his church and uh, that vitality and life may be existent here and in other churches too, spiritual life, that the people of God may be marked by a desire to serve him once again, a desire to stand on the word of God faithfully, to tell others the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because they're so thankful for all the blessings that their Savior has given uh, to them. And so... At these two pictures. Then we see also here sowing in tears and reaping in joy. They sow, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with them. This here of sowing in tears, this gives a sense, I believe, of sincerity. The psalmist here, they have a great desire that the Lord's name is glorified. They have a heart for the Lord. They are struggling in their difficult captivity and, and they're praying before the Lord. They that sow in tears, they're humble. Notice the psalmist here, he doesn't say, I'm going to turn around my captivity. This psalmist is God-centered. He's praying to the Lord, Lord, turn away, turn again our captivity in verse 4. He, will, he knows that the Lord will do it. If there's going to be a blessing of any sort, it will be the Lord's doing. And so he's praying earnestly to the Lord. And they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. The term joy here also has the sense of singing once again. A sort of cry of jubilation that God will change the sorrows of his people into gladness. Now let me make a brief comment here. As we go through our Christian life, we, we need to be careful. I've seen some people take this verse, and as they're seeking to do evangelism of some sort, they're almost manufacturing uh, tears because they think it's this sort of transaction. As soon as you do that, you're going to reap abundantly. That's not what he's saying here. It's denoting the sincerity of the psalmist. And as believers, we may sow many tears here, but that we may not reap until eternity. 
Uh, we may so many tears, crying, uh, struggling, physical agony, uh, laboring under persecution. But we shall reap in joy when we go to be with the Lord. Let me put it the way the Apostle Paul puts it. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. And so in many ways, dear believer, you may know times in this life where you sow in tears and you won't see until you go to be with the Lord or reap in joy and praise. You won't understand the full context until you go to be with the God of eternity. But one day you will have that joy. One day you'll uh, reap in joy and praise to Almighty God. So do not be discouraged. As we read elsewhere in the Scriptures, as Paul says in the Galatians, be not weary in well-doing. Serve the Lord in sincerity. This is, uh, as, I'm, as I said out, it's said in two parts. He's looked at the past, the Lord's blessing. He's now looking to the future and knowing that whatever, the Lord is with us. And we may not know now, and we may not receive all, all these times of joy, but we know hereafter that we will. And then, at verse 6, we read, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. He that goeth forth, weepeth. Literally, he going, he goes, and weeping. Going, he goes, and weeping, expressing the idea in many ways of this continual weeping, this, this sorrow uh, that a particular person has, bearing precious uh, seed. Bearing precious seed in many ways uh, as we go forward in our Christian life, as we go forward in Christian ministry, as we go forward in any capacity in serving the Lord. We may go forth, and it may be for us uh, a time of great weeping. But we go forth bearing precious seed. Precious seed, of course, from the Word of God. Precious seed of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we read in the New Testament in that great illustration of the Lord Jesus Christ that the seed is sown. The seed of God's Word and the Gospel is sown and it falls on some on good ground prepared by Almighty God that springs up to eternal life. But others falls by the rock and the birds get it. Others have initial shoots, but then it's choked by the weeds of this world seeking to drag them down and uh, proving ultimately they did not have genuine faith in the Lord. But we have precious seed. We have precious seed in God's Word. Seed that is so precious, it's the most precious thing of all. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing the sheaves with him. Harvest it. Bundled plants. The, the imagery suggests the sorrows of believers are like God's seeds by which he will produce a harvest through them. A harvest through them. The Lord uses his church, doesn't he? He uses uh, Christians as they labor for him. Uh, to, uh, to tell others the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to bring in those sheaves, if you like, those other believers. And there may be some people who you've spoken to about the gospel who you've never seen again. But by and by, when we go to be with the Lord, uh, they're there. 
And the Lord has used you in some small sense for His honor and glory in bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the, in the sheaves for His honor and glory. So don't be discouraged, dear Christian. You doubtless will come again rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. This came to me strongly just recently. There, there was someone we met some years ago, and we told them about the gospel and uh, sat with them for a long time with the word of God and seemed to have no impact, seemed to have no impression. And yet many years later, without any prompting, they write to the church here. And they tell us they're now going to a, a faithful church in a completely other part of the world. They remember what they had been told by some of the members here. And they've started to read God's word. And they're hungry to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it may be before the internet age, we would have never known that person again. And so what I'm saying is, when we're sowing precious seed, we may not always bring in the sheaves or be aware of the sheaves in this life. But one day we will. So dear friend, do not be discouraged. Labor and press on for the Lord. And let me give you this concluding question. Do we look at the past, the past blessings, and thank the Lord? Do we do that? Do we look at our salvation every single day and thank the Lord for saving us if we know Him uh, as Savior here this morning? We should be. It's the greatest blessing in the whole world to be saved by the grace of God. Do we thank the Lord each and every day for the provisions that we have, for the food that we have? We take that so much for granted. I remember uh, a brother who I know in, in Venezuela was telling me, that, that they eat uh, every other day. The adults there in the church he was talking about eat every other day so they make sure the children growing up and everyone else has sufficient food. That was about a year or so ago. And yet we have a great blessing. We, we can uh, walk into McDonald's and they give us a, a Big Mac or something else and uh, we enjoy it greatly. Are we thankful for that too? And are we thankful for our family, our friends, and those who are a great blessing to us in our Christian life? Do we look at the past blessing of the Lord and, and thank the Lord? But does it lead us? Does it lead us uh, to know that the Lord will bless us once again? The Lord, our almighty God, has a great store of blessing in His treasure. And He dispenses it to believers. But here's the caveat. He does it according to what's good for us spiritually. It's not going to be you ask the Lord for a boat so you can drive around uh, uh, places like Nice and Monaco and he's going to send it to you. That's not going to be good for your soul. The Lord is not going to bless you in that way. The Lord has a store to grant us spiritual blessings and grace. And the Lord knows, even though we can't understand, we're going through a terrible trial. Lord, how is this working for our good? One day you will know. For He's working all things together for good to them that love God and are the called according to His purpose. So in God's storehouse, He dispenses to us blessings, but He does so according to what is good for our soul. Sometimes if it was just wall-to-wall -wall blessing, 
if it was just uh, riches upon riches, we would become negligent, wouldn't we? I think if I really know my heart, I would become negligent of the things of God. I maybe would become forgetful in prayer. It, it causes us to rely on the Lord, that we need to look to Him each and every day, that He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Now, dear friends, I've just had a short time with you this morning. And I hope in Psalm 126, it has caused you to look at the Lord's past blessing and will encourage you to press on for the Lord. Press on for the Lord in prayer. Press on through that trial or difficulty. Press on as serving the Lord in your, in your location, wherever you live, to His honor and glory. And may you not be discouraged, but encouraged. Because when we go out with the gospel, when we go out with the word of God, we're not going out with the dead letter of some wise sage that lived years ago. We're going out with the word of God. And this is precious seed. This is seed which can be used by God for eternal blessing to men and women, boys and girls, who come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Redeemer. Shall we pray together? Dear Lord Almighty God, we thank Thee for Thy Word. We thank Thee for salvation. We thank Thee, dear Lord, for each and every believer here who has been saved and redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ's precious blood. We know that without Him, we could not stand before the holy, righteous, and perfect throne of God. But in Him, we are justified. In Him, we stand and are welcomed into the Beloved. We are the adopted sons and daughters of Almighty God and we look to that great inheritance of one day we will be with Him for all eternity. Oh dear Lord, we pray that as we look at that past blessing, uh, we pray to Thee for Thy blessing upon this church, upon other churches in the UK and across the world. We pray, dear Lord, that those times when it feels like we're in the desert, in the Negev, where there's, it's just so barren, that then one day the rain comes and vitality and spiritual life is known once again. We pray whether we are in times of dryness or times of great blessing, we may serve the aright, bearing that precious seed, knowing that uh, thou just use the church of God to bring in the sheaves for thy honor and glory. In Christ's precious name, amen. Shall we conclude? Thank you for listening. Please join us next week where our Sunday morning sermon will be available on this podcast by Monday evening. Alternatively, follow us on Facebook Live or by going to our website at www.westminsterbaptistchurch.co.uk.